Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. It is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We are here with you till 3, and we have a jam-packed show. As always, Eagle Safety Rodney McLeod will join us at 1.15 as he's doing some awesome stuff with Big Brother Big Sister today, and we'll get uh, a handle on that. I'm very excited because... I don't think the three of us have ever been together in the same room. Mr. James Seltzer, what is happening this afternoon, sir? How are you? I am excited. Teron Davenport has been with us a while, and this is the first time, not just the three of us, I believe this is the first time I've ever talked to Teron, at least over a microphone <laughs> in person we've talked, but very excited to talk to Teron. Uh, otherwise, a little sad Ben Roethlisberger didn't block me, but I'm getting over Yeah, it. what's up with that, man? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the only one who's not blocked like on such Twitter. such a loser. What's I going mean, on with on, that? Man. It's pretty crazy. Teron Davenport from the EaglesWire.com joining us this afternoon. What's happening, pal? Oh, Oh, man, nothing much, man. Another opportunity to get on here and talk shop. So you know I'm excited about that. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, of course, if you uh, if you don't know this by now, the BGN Radio podcast is going to have a little pre-draft party April 26th, the day before the draft. And we're not just – it's not going to be at some, like, <laughs> random bar, all right? We're heading over to Delilah's yeah, from 9 to 10. We're going to have a nice steak. There might be some nudity there. I don't I, I know. Would say, I would say there's definitely. <laughs> let's go with there's definitely going to be yes, nudity there. Exactly. Yes. Uh, so we, I will not be getting nude for what no, it's worth, though. So. I might, however. I don't know. So I don't know if what, you're into that. Wouldn't be the first time, Johnny. Wouldn't be the first time. That's right. But we're going to be broadcasting live there uh, from 9 to 10 on the internet, not on this station. But it'll be a lot of fun. Come hang out. There's drink specials. There's all of that stuff going on. And then, of course... Uh, we will, I think we can uh, almost officially say that we will be somewhere near the draft throughout the entire time, too. So you want to follow along at BGN underscore radio. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever it is that you are out there. But let's get down to business, gentlemen. Is there th- This week was, I, I don't know if it was, uh, I- I'll say it was, it-, it got exciting a little bit. Because I don't know how you guys felt, Teron. You were obviously down there first. but uh, And James, I want to get to you on this. The uh, and I don't know if it, is it Timmy or is it Tim now because it's Tim. <laughs> <laughs> it says Timmy. It. He said it says Timmy on the birth certificate, and Timmy is his father's name. 
So he's a junior, but he wants to just go by Tim. He's okay. all grown up now. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's a grown that's man. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So initially, when this thing came out earlier in the week, Tim Jernigan was just like, it just it just made a lot of sense for the Eagles, mm-hmm. right? They, they needed somebody yeah. to, to, to replace Benny Logan. I would have been freaking out about that for, oh, I don't know, six months. And, and, <laughs> and so when you have a, it, it's and as much as I love Benny Logan, I think that uh, Tim's a guy that can be a, a definitely an upgrade in the pass rushing spot interiorly. And I think that with him and Fletcher Cox, if he can live to that potential, live to that hype of he's going to be in his best year here, I, I was kind of a little bit back and forth. I said, yeah, okay, but there's still a reason why Baltimore kind of gave up on this guy. But what were your overall thoughts here, James? Yeah, I do worry about the whole he's going to have his best year in this system thing because, you know, we've heard that before and we thought Fletcher Cox was going to have the season of his career last year. So, uh, but look, I think I think you kind of hit on it from a, from a scheme fit perspective. Tim, not Timmy, is is a perfect fit for what they're trying to do there. Maybe even a better fit than Benny, at least for yeah. this specific scheme. I, you know, I don't know who's a better player. I think they're close. Uh, but look, I'm I'm ecstatic about it, especially just giving up a big swap in the third round. You're not even giving up a draft pick to make this deal happen. I mean, Tehran, you you know the uh, value of draft picks and the trades and whatnot better than I do. But at least on my end, it seemed like a home run. Like I don't know how you could be upset with this move. Yeah, I wouldn't be upset at all. And just looking at the scheme fit, I asked him about that. And he talked about how he's always been in a scheme where he had to read, you know, and you allow the, the offense to kind of dictate what you're doing. Well, in this case, you're the dictator, you know, yeah. and you're making things happen. And they did some of those type of things last year in Baltimore. Coincidentally, he had five sacks. And what he personally said was the best year of his career. So now he's going to be able to do, as, as, as he said, man, I'm going to just be able to go. And that's something that he's excited about. And when he talked about that, you saw the look in his eye. You saw the smile there. So he's ready to go eat. And I'm looking forward to watching this team do that. And, yeah, and not just that. We saw the glint in his gold grill. <laughs> that's, I that's the thing that made yeah. me most excited. He came up. Looks he just such, see such this a badass, all man. Gold. Come and, on. And the thing about – and see, so earlier in the week, just like you were saying, I was there was going back and forth that as soon as, like, you were down there asking some very good questions, Thank too, you. about a lot of that, and you just kind of got – the sense that, like, man, he just doesn't care. He's like, I got to go earn my spot on this team. I've got, I'm, I'm not. Wor- I mean, if the contract's always in the back of my mind. Just seemed a lot of genuine answers that were going through there. And I know some people, like, I don't know, it might bite him in the butt later on this season if he doesn't wow. perform or whatever. But I, I got, I got a lot more excited as soon as I heard him talk about all of that different stuff and and clarifying. He's just like, I don't know what kind of motor issues we were talking about when I'm I'm dying yeah, off yeah. there. Everybody went hard. I'm, you know, I'm a yeah. dog. Fletch is a dog. Jason Kelsey is one of the best centers I've ever been. Let's go. I was like, yeah, let's, yes. Let's, <laughs> wait let's wait till you thing. see him on the field. This is a guy, remember how Ron Brooks was always bouncing around during practice and always hype? Ron Brooks is a little dude, right? Now you got a guy 6'3", 295, doing it. that, bouncing yeah. and, and dancing. And I told him in Baltimore about the half shirts, man. We got to lose that, you know, because we don't want to see the belly. But <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll let, see, let man. Let Ezekiel Elliott do the belly yeah, shirts. We don't need he, to do he's that. He's very here. energetic during yeah, practice, during games. So it's it's a great thing. They they need that swagger on that team. Swagger. It's exactly. I loved him at Florida State. Like, I couldn't mm-hmm. believe he fell in the second round. I, I was sitting there on draft night being like, how is no one taking this guy in the first round? So talented there. And, and it just done nothing in Baltimore to make you think that he's not going to be a, a, a long-term great NFL pro. I'm, I'm very, very pumped up about this movie. And the fact that Warren Sapp, like, I don't know, is mad at him makes it makes me it's like him so more. so much better. <laughs> if Warren 
when Sap likes you, I'm pretty much out on yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, that's the way I go about oh, this guy's gonna be sp- and and that kind of it is that mentality. But he does have. I understand why he looked up to him. And for those that don't know that story, there was just like he in Baltimore last year. He tried to pay an homage to Warren Sapp because that's who he looked up to. So he started wearing 99 and Warren Sapp was not having it. Like just it tweeted back at him and also, oh, he should have kept in contact with me those two years in Florida State and, and all that. And he just, he took the high road on that after I went and read all those different articles. Wow. He's like, whatever. I, he's like, I'm just going to, it's yeah. up to me to make this situation. Like he is always not that, not the guy that's going to come out there and just be like, this is my spot. You traded for me. I mean, like I'm the man here. I'm doing whatever. No, it seems like he is very much in that team mode so I and and the fact that a lot of these guys now like we're missing I just feel like in the past couple of years we're missing that snarl that yes. a-hole mentality yes you know and just a little bit so he kind of brings that at least on the field where it's just violent it's it's there and you know when you think of Jim Schwartz defense that's exactly what you're trying to think of and you also think of like you know Dominican Sue and Fairley and all those guys stepping on each other's nuts and things like that and sure there's a little dirty play in there but that's what we want in this town. Yes, we we have not had that. We've had we went through two years of of three years, but two years once the changes were made of of culture and the nice guys and all that. We're good, man. Like you know, at least on the field, I want good people on my team as far as human beings go. But when they're on the field, I want them to be a holes. I'm sorry, I do. I want them to play like an a hole. And and Jernigan plays like that. He plays with fire and he plays with passion. And yeah. we especially the other thing too, kind of the. The little soft addition. This is, you know, uh, the whole Bo Allen was going to start thing. Bo Allen is a <laughs> real, I, I, exactly, but but Bo Allen is the as the third D tackle is nice. That's where I'm going. Is the sense that like now Bo Allen, that's a nice piece to have as a as a rest guy play against the run. All of a sudden, you're not asking too much from Bo Allen. It just really helps that line out across the board. Bo Allen could play now. Yeah. You, you watched that Minnesota He's game. Right, he played man. against his home team and he brought it. Bo so he, you know, right. you just got to give him that little bit of fire, and he'll be all right. But when you look at Jernigan, the thing that I like, and there are multiple games that you could watch, but his hands, that dude has some violent hands. He has a a, a, a slap swim move combo that he puts. And you oh, see so God. many offensive linemen just on the ground looking up, and he's devouring the quarterback. And that's what you want from a guy up front, get that interior pressure, get that quick pressure. And I know there's a lot that needs to be done outside as far as with the corners, but when you have that inside pass rush, that could force the quarterback to make some bad decisions, which will result in interceptions and, and pass breakers. And I love the hands thing. That's huge because I thought that was lacking last year. I, I was Big criticizing time. Chris Wilson a lot. Like, it didn't seem like our guys had any moves. You know, it didn't seem like they were – like, Vinny used to have some swim moves and do some stuff, and, and none of those guys were doing that last year. I love the idea of bringing in a guy who plays like that, even if mm. it's just infectious across the line. Oh, look at what Timmy did there. I mean, let me try that move. Let me – you know, whatever. It's Tim, James. It's Tim. Tim. Oh, my God. This is going to be so <laughs> – this is the new Chase Daniel. Here, <laughs> it's gonna be yeah, Timmy. No, we're gonna go through and, yeah. and the, Jeffries the Jeffries and all that stuff too. My bigger issue with the Jeffrey though is 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 when you have to write it out. It, why does he spell it that way? Why yeah. E R? Yeah. Why instead of why. R? It's so confusing and it's, it throws me up every time. Same with the Matthews minus one T. Yes. Oh man. man, let me tell you a quick story, man. First, when I first started covering the Eagles, I, I posted a film study of, of Ryan Matt. Not a film study, but just a GIF on Twitter, and I spelled it M A T T H E. You would have thought I said Jesus was like Jonathan, man. It was crazy. It was crazy. But I tell you what, I learned my lesson. I've never misspelled Matthews. 
from a Ryan Matthews perspective again. And I wish I could feel the same way about Chase Daniel because I've definitely dropped. I dropped the oh, S yeah. a lot of time. I've spelled it with the S. It's something that I could never get rid of for whatever reason, mainly because I'm dumb. What is not dumb and who is very smart and who is going to come up in about six minutes right here at 115. Rodney McLeod, starting Eagles safety, is going to join us from his uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters campaign. We're excited to have him. Don't go anywhere. It's BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Late, great, 1990, I don't know, eight. I believe four or five. Oh, okay, older, even, even I Good Lord. Well, third eye blind action, Johnny. I know. It's Radio, John Barcher, James Elter, Teron Davenport, all hanging out with you on Sports Radio 94 WIP. My name is Cloud, going to join us here shortly, and we've been, uh, you know, kind of deep diving into Tim Jernigan, and, and what's that, what is that going to do for it? The, the only other thing, and this is where I kept being, you know, the devil's advocate here. It's just in, in a lot of these things where you have, there's a lot of one-year deals already with this team. And you're you're looking ahead and you're seeing like, man, Eagles got like 17 free agents next year. So you have to hope that one of these things kind of pans out. It's easy if you know that whatever, it, Jeffrey, uh, Smith, whatever, whatever kind of, if any one of those guys are bad, you move on. If they're great, you pay them. If they're all great, it's a good problem to have. Right, and you hopefully that this draft class kind of doesn't allow, allows you to at least go. Okay, well, uh, th- th- there's there's at least a, a couple of different options here between paying this guy a bunch of money and just sticking with the rookie contract and all that. Uh, what happens if all this stuff kind of goes in the middle here? You know, what what if what if Timmy here has a has a an okay year? What if Jeffrey has an okay year? You know, did, I, did I you know, mean Tim? I'm sorry. I got no, I'm, I'm going to stick with Timmy now. <laughs> it's, it's Timmy the entire show. We'll just get it out of our system here. But, like, what, what's going to happen when these guys just have okay seasons? Yeah, it, look, that's that's the, what you hope doesn't happen, right? I mean, that's where you get into a tough question. Um, I think ultimately, it, you know, it doesn't matter because you have optionality. It, it, what happens is you make decisions on them. You, you base it on the seasons they did have. I, I think ultimately the optionality is the most important thing, and that's what matters. And we'll get back into that in just a second. But right now we are so happy uh, that uh, Eagles starting a safety Mr. Rodney McLeod, who's doing some great things down with the Big Sisters, Big Brothers. Rodney, how are you doing this afternoon? Thanks for joining us right here on BJ and Radio. Hey, man, I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm doing great. Absolutely. So uh, tell us where you're at today, and why Why did you get involved with uh, Big Brother, Big Sister here? Um, Yeah, so we are at the Models, man, out here in Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, basically I got um, joined in with Big Brother, Big Sister just because of what they're doing, man, for, for the youth and uh, making a difference. And, um, you know, what better feeling than to know that you played a part in impacting a kid's life. And um, I think, you know, I'm a great fit to be a mentor and a role model to somebody. Uh, I have plenty of brothers and sisters, so I understand what it takes. And, um, you know, we out here today just trying to encourage more uh, men, you know, specifically to come out and be mentors to these kids um, and our youth. And um, it's been going well so far. We have about at least 10 people signed up. And uh, still more rolling in, so it's been a good, uh, good first day of the campaign. Ronnie, go ahead and, and let them know where you are exactly, so they could come in and sign up because it, it is a great thing that you're doing, and, and people need to participate. Yeah, so it's the um, it's the models um, right off of uh, Franklin Mills uh, Circle, 1280 Franklin Mills Circle. There it is. Perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. And people can go in there and sign up and have uh, have an opportunity to get some gift cards and things like that too, right? Yeah, man. We got everything. We got models, gift cards. We got 
$25 gift cards. We got 15% off. We got autographs, pictures, whatever you whatever you need, man. And obviously, we got the, the whole sign-up sheet. You know, that, that's what's most important. So that's here. And, uh, you know, it's quick and easy, not hard. Just ask for a name, address, and a few uh, pieces of information, and uh, send you on your way. And I, I know you like to get geared up, so, so I'm sure you're out there with the, you, you know, the fresh lay on. <laughs> yeah, I'm representing. I'm representing Virginia today, man, and then also representing that you know that green, that Philadelphia green too. So you know, a little something <laughs> for sure. So a, a lot of times, like when when an athlete does something like this, there's some type of personal thing behind it. Is there any particular story that's behind you doing this, or I mean, is this just out of just the, the pure what's in your heart that that you feel you need to do? Yeah, man, it's really just out of, you know what I'm saying, the kindness of my heart. Um, just knowing, you know, how it is nowadays, a, a, a lot of our our youth, you know, grow up without having that male figure or, you know, a role model around to kind of, you know, be that uh, be that example that they need. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just here to hopefully impact a, a kid's life, um, you know, be there whenever he's in need to show him, you know, the ropes and the way of life and, and, um, you know, possibly what it takes to get um, to this level of being successful in life. And, uh, you know, we got other men out here as, as well. So it's a great cause, and uh, I'm, I'm very thankful to be a part of Big Brothers Big Sisters. That's awesome. I commend you for that. And then just speaking of brothers, I mean, you, you gained a, a brother right here in Philadelphia. <laughs> you know, your man Chris Long, a fellow UVA oh, yeah. football player and now a fellow Eagle. What's your excitement level being able to get, get a guy like that here to, to help your defense? Man, very excited, man. Chris, he gave me a little insight before it even happened um, on everything. And, uh, he, you know, he had questions for me. I answered them, and he said, man, it seems like it's the best place for me. So I'm excited to have, you know, uh, my UVA brother back around me. Um, you know, we, we were together in St. Louis, and he's a great leader, man, a great guy off the field too. Um, I know he's going to make an impact in the community, but – uh, have a bigger impact in that locker room and uh, helping us get to where we need to, um, which is, you know, the playoffs and then hopefully the Super Bowl. So I'm excited, man. You know, we start up the 17th and uh, can't wait. Hey, Rodney, speaking of the defense, uh, you know, at least from the outside, it looks to, to most of us like the cornerback position, not fully solved yet. Uh, I still need to bring some people in there, but uh, at least from the outside, it seems like there are no at least people who have started in the league there before. Do you guys, you and Malcolm back at the safety position, feel a little more pressure to kind of do a little more because of that? No, nah, I mean, I don't I don't think there's any pressure, man. Um, you know, we have Jalen Mills, who got a lot of time last year and a lot of experience. Um, he's only going to get better. You know, it's hard for any de- defensive back to come in the league and, um, you know, be put in a situation that he was in at times and, and, and uh, really succeed. So he had to learn a lot. But um, I think he handled himself well and, uh, you know, He's going to get better this offseason. And we also have a lot of younger, um, other younger guys. We also um, got the veteran, um, you know what I'm saying, recently, uh, Patrick. And, um, you know, I'm just excited, man, uh, about what we can be back there in that secondary. I'm sure how he's going to, you know, add some more pieces. But um, for right now, um, there's no pressure at all, um, you know, and I got the utmost confidence in the guys that we have. And speaking of then, we're speaking with Rodney McLeod from uh, the Eagles starting safety there. It, it, you know, there have been a lot of moves. You were one of those moves last year kind of coming in yep. through here. And, and now it seems to be like, you know, there's there's a, more of them coming in. Plus, there's a draft coming in and a lot of different changes in the last two years here. How does that 
kind of work in the locker room for you? Like you were the guy last year. I'm sure there's a lot of guys that embraced you. What's the what's the feel like right now with, uh, you know, still the draft to come and, and a little bit of an uncertainty here? What, what's the mood like? Um, I think it's a lot of excitement, man. Um, you know, we added, you know, a few guys on the offensive side of the ball who are who are both dynamic in, in what they do, and it's going to improve that room um, in the mix with what we already have. So those were two great additions. Then we add, you know, the big fella at the D-line position um, to help us out. And, uh, you know, moves are still being made. But I think guys are excited, man, and it's a time where uh, you can see the, the team um, – getting better, growing, and, uh, you know, the seventh team just marks, you know what I'm saying, the, a new team uh, filled with guys that are hungry and, and ready to go. So I'm excited, and I know the rest of my teammates are too. Absolutely, man. We're, we're looking forward to a lot of that uh, as well. Is And uh, I, I guess there's, you know, with, uh, with with Tim, who's the new addition here, Tim Jurgens. do you, do you have any sense of, of what he kind of brings to the table and, uh, you know, I know it's probably hard to lose a guy like Benny Logan and things like that, but uh, do any of these free agent signings really uh, uh, get you excited besides, you know, your brother and Chris Long there? Yeah, man. I mean, Alshon Jeffries, you know that. I mean, you know, going against him, I, I know what he brings, man, what uh, what defenses have to, have to do to, you know what I'm saying, make sure, you know, you focus and lock in on him. And, and I think, uh, him mixed in with Jordan Matthews, with Ertz, Sproles, and all those guys over there, man. It's going to be exciting. And it's going to be we, – we're going to get out there and practice too. That's the best thing. We're going to compete, you know what I'm saying, make each other better. So, um, you know what I'm saying, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled and, and can't wait. Well, Rodney, we, we really appreciate the time, man, and it's a great thing you're doing with Big Brother, Big Sister, and uh, thanks for hanging out right here on BGN Radio this afternoon for us. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on. All right. Thanks, Rod. Thanks, Rod. Thanks, Rodney. There he is. Uh, and it's, he's just one of the greatest yeah, guys in the locker like room, too. You can too. just tell. Likeable, like, well, good talker. Know, knows exactly what to do. I mean, I even saw him during the locker room this season where he's throwing on the throwback Randall and all that stuff, yeah. making everybody comfortable. Did a great job of deflecting that cornerback question. He knows what to do. He's very good at <laughs> That's this. Exactly. No, I love it. He's a, he's a great guy, and we thank him for his time here. We'll be back in just a little bit. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94. WIP. So the signings are exciting. Free agency is in full swing. We like a lot of the moves here. We know that, hey, they go right, you're going to pay them. They go wrong, you're going to get rid of them. What happens with that big middle ground? (laughs) What happens with that huge (laughs) middle ground and even homegrown talent that is here? It is BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barchard. James Seltzer, and of course, the lovely, the overdressed as always, by the way, because oh, yeah, we put time. up a picture. It's like, God, guys, you got to step up your game here. Get I some know. tuxedo shirts. Mr. Toronto Davenport. Yeah, we're in like sweats practically. <laughs> I don't <laughs> have a tuxedo shirt. Toronto, it's, ra- right it's radio. It's radio. Nobody really <laughs> yeah. sees us. That's the yeah. We're, I, feel like, I feel season. like we're overdressed in our sweatshirts yeah, exactly. and jeans and whatnot. Uh, but uh, Toronto Davenport from the EaglesWire.com joining us as well this afternoon, and that's it, it, just just to go back to that point, James, like what, what happens if everybody's just okay, including, you know, some of the guys like what if Brandon Graham's just okay? You got to worry about the next step with him with, you know, he's got a, another year after this year on his contract. And then you're, you're kind of back to, yeah. I don't know, but that's what that's what's important about the draft coming up, too. But, you know, what happens if a lot of this stuff is just in the middle? So it's a great question. I, I, that, do we just um, just all shut it down and just say, all right, we're done. This didn't work. Uh, look, I think if, it, if it's all in the middle, 
I, look, the, the, you you assume that it's likely not going to be all in the middle. The odds that it's all in the middle are low, I would say. Um, and, and I like the idea of the optionality. Look, I, I think it's just don't ever tell me the odds. It's going to oh, be no. yeah, right. It's going to be a case by case basis. There's really no other way to really take it in. I think the interesting aspect of it is looking at the idea of how. You know, they have said and made it very clear, both Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman, that this is a rebuild. They are building for the future. They're not going to, you know, exactly. They're not going to take shortcuts and all that. So uh, I think that ultimately it's kind of weird because it is a bit of a dichotomy between those two. It's a lot of one-year deals, but you're building for the future. So I think there is kind of a a, a contradiction in that. But ultimately for me, I love, you know, I'm a baseball guy. This is a very baseball move to go out and sign a bunch of guys to one-year deals. I'm a big believer. There is no such thing as a bad one-year deal. So if they're in the middle ground, you just don't re-sign them. Or if they are showing flashes, you re-sign them. But I think ultimately it just allows you to have so many more options this way. And again, you hold their rights. You're just in a, in a little bit more control in this situation. So uh, sure, it could all be a problem where it's all in the middle ground, but likely, you know, I think it'll be a little bit more clear than that. And let's stick with Tim Jurgen here because that's I, I Teron. I feel like this is uh, again, it's the same situation that they kind of put themselves in with Benny Logan. I think you're going to have the same argument again the following year if he really does have that impact here, his best year ever that kind of comes through here, right? So there's there. I mean, obviously they can do things with Benny Curry and make that a little loose, but. Is that worth paying two defensive tackles, whatever kind of money? Let's say he he ends up having eight to ten sacks this year, and so does Fletcher. Do you also pay him in that eight to ten million dollar range? And are people comfortable with that? Well, I don't think they're going to have two defensive tackles paying getting paid that much money. But when I look at these one year deals, I mean it's just like test driving a car before you buy it. Yep, and that's kind of what Howie Roseman has said as well, as far as just being able to have the guys in the building, see how they function from day to day, see them on the field in practice and just see their habits. And then that's how you could really make a more educated decision as far as what happens when free agency does come about. So, and you mentioned Brandon Graham and mm-hmm. his number next year is, is 6.5 million. I, I pay that all day. For oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the best so, contract I think the year. <laughs> well, it's funny too. When the contract came yeah. out, we're like, Ooh, really? And then it's like, Oh wait, that's a great oh. contract. All yeah. Right. yeah. Huh. And that Vinny Curry, $9 million. Yeah. So. It's like, Oh, it should be reversed. <laughs> I like Vinny, you know, but it's just, it's, there's a mystery there and, and something mm. is just not clicking. I wonder if they flip him to left end and have him go, more exclusively against the right tackles, if that'd do better. But then, who's going to play right defensive end? Because now you got you know Chris Long, who's played it before. But I mean, there's there's a log jam of defensive ends, so they just have to figure out how that rotation is going to work. Because you know Stephen means business, man, yeah. <laughs> and, and he's the guy like that needs Steve to get Mean's. more yeah. more reps too, because he brings it off the edge. Yeah, I like and, and I don't know if like he should have he should be the type of guy that like takes over all the Vinnie Curry snaps. But he should probably be out there more than Vinnie Curry at this point. And look, hopefully, hopefully they will end up with at least one edge rusher out of this draft as well. As we've all talked about, there's there's some end ru- edge rusher talent. Log jam at that yeah, point. Yeah, there's and, some real talent in this draft. And don't forget Marcus Smith. I know he's not a popular name here, no? Marcus. No, but I'm, I'm telling I'm kidding, you, man, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. he is one of. Outside of BG, I think he's probably their best defensive end wow. against the run. Wow! How and about that? against he the is, run, he's very good uh, on the on the uh, pass rush too. I mean, the guy is back. The first the first conversation I had with him, the first conversation I told him, I, I say, "You're like a fish back in water, aren't you?" Because he's back in a four three defensive end 
type of situation as opposed to being thrust outside and having to read and react and that's not the look for him. Yeah, and I, I've never been the biggest Marcus Smith fan from the moment I thought they were going to say Marquise Lee and they said Marquis, Marcus Smith. Um, but but you, those are good points, especially because he was already underdeveloped as at least in terms of, of uh, you know knowing the position in college. Obviously, we know the whole quarterback thing and all that. And then to come in and, and have to play in the 3-4, uh, I think there is an argument to be made that his development was stunted and that there might be something more than we've seen there. I think that's a fair argument to make. I'm just at the point with Marcus Smith where I need to see it happen before I'm actually going to buy it. Well, he's cheaper and uh, had the same amount of sacks as Vinny Curry. So uh, it's not, it's, it's not, it's what, where did hashtag free Vinny go? I don't know. That, wasn't that a fun time? Hashtag free Vinny. Yeah. And that was, uh, and it's just kind of crazy how that narrative has taken over. It's just like, well, he just, he just needs more snaps now. Like again, for the fifth year, fourth year <laughs> in like, a row, he just needs more snaps to work it out. It's the same thing when I, I hear people, Phillies fans saying like, oh, Tommy Joseph needs 400 bats. No, he doesn't. He just is who he is. And that's not a knock against Vinny either. I like him as a situational pass rusher. Yes. I think he's great in that You role. just don't pay them $9 million a yes. year. And that's not his fault. No. That's a general manager's Absolutely. fault. Absolutely. I don't blame. And Vinny's the best guy. Like, I don't blame the guy at all. Exactly. And this is uh, this was an interesting theory with all of these different free agent signings that our good friend Brandon Lee Gouton had as we were just chatting back and forth one day. Brought up a really good point. Compensatory picks are now draftable. Right, and you go back to the seventeen. You mean free, tradable, tradable. tradable. Yeah. What did I say? Draftable. They were. Oh always, yeah. <laughs> they were always draftable. Of course, they were always draftable. That was kind of the point. My goodness, <laughs> they are now tradable. Yes. How yes, we dove right in with that with all this stuff? Great. If point. you have seventeen free agents, and let's say you lose point. ten of them, you're going to get some picks it's back. A great point. And now you can move around and do different things with that, which is crazy to me. And it's not just an Eagles trend too. It's happening across yeah, the Arizona, league. Arizona, with all the ones they're going to get this. Arizona, I saw a story where they're basically. Uh, like planning their drive because they know they're going to get, I mean, they lost what they lost Calais Campbell. They uh-huh. lost uh, Jeff. I mean, they lost a ton of guys. They're going to get comp mix. They're, they're basing their draft plan this year with the thought that we can trade picks because we got so many coming next year. It's yeah. really changing yeah. the face of, of how it's going to be. And I think that will change free agency a lot yeah. too. Like you're going to see more and more of these one year deals because teams want to try and recoup all those picks. I'm sure there will be another rule change after that because there's just like, all right, Whoops. stop handing out one-year deals. Whoops. This is ridiculous. All right, you broke the rule. We, we got it. We got to <laughs> fix this. Stop taking advantage of it or whatever. And, you know, scrum a new CBA and all that stuff. But that that could come into play seriously for this team, not this year, but the next season coming along there too. So you're thinking about like, wow, if they hit this draft class, then they get all these picks that they can move around. And, again, I it just it tells me that still in right now, Eagles still need to move up. All of this Ooh, stuff right now. All, all Ooh, of this, all of this leads to moving up a, a, a ton, right? I'm like shocked it's you just, weren't going to say they, trade down. We know how much you love the, the concept this, of trade down. This year, move up. This year, next year, like all of the that, no. In this theory, all of those picks are just just tell used me to, I want to move up. They're 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 assets to be moved rather than assets to be used. Yeah, you're so not going to just stick. You know, most of the you're time you're not going to draft 13 guys they're, in draft and or all whatever of them it is. Make yeah. The yeah, exactly. They're essentially free every year. Yeah. If that kind of if, happens in that concept, yeah, and especially. If you are going to make big one-year signings like an Alshon Jeffrey or, or whoever it is, I mean, the, you know, that could lead to some legitimate picks. All right, we'll just then. we're going to step away for two seconds. We'll keep this conversation going. You're Sue Schilling with an update. Sports Radio 94 WIP 2020 Sports. I'm Sue Schilling. The Flyers are skating against the Columbus Blue Jackets this afternoon. And after one period of play, the Flyers are leading by a score of 2 to nothing. This is the last of the two games left in the season for the Flyers in the last 
home game of the season as they are not headed to the playoffs this year. The Phillies are in action after losing their home opener yesterday. They'll try again tonight against the Nationals at Citizens Bank Park. First pitch coming up at 7.05. You can hear the game right here on 94 WIP. We've got leading off with John Johnson getting underway at 6 o'clock. The Sixers in action tonight at the Wells Fargo Center. They'll play Milwaukee. That game will get underway at 7 o'clock. CBS 3 Eyewitness Weather, sunny today, high 60. It's 55 in Philadelphia. Get the story 20 minutes before and after every hour for breaking news and scores. Go to CBSPhillySports.com. Follow Sports Radio WIP on Twitter. 2020 Sports on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is EGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your Verizon and AT&T cell phones. Once again, a big thank you to Rodney McLeod for joining us this afternoon. Uh, that will be up on our SoundCloud page, which you can find us over at BG under, uh, BGN underscore radio on the Twitter.com. You can find me at John Bartrand, at James Zelter, and at T Davenport underscore NFL for Tehran over there. But yeah, I mean, Tehran, you were, you were mentioning that it is also with that theory of sure you can you could lose seventeen free agents, but you also have to sign guys to <laughs> to, to bring them back in. That's how all those picks are kind of uh, you know handed out anyway. It is somewhat canceled out if you're a team that is bringing in a lot of guys from the outside. Now, if you re-sign your guys, that doesn't that doesn't factor into the comp picks. But when you sign a free agent from another team, i.e., Rodney McLeod, you know, some someone like that, uh, Chris Long. That's going to offset some of your your comp picks, so it kind of balances out. But I think the fact that they are tradable, and you you saw the Eagles acquired you you know pick number ninety nine, which was a comp pick from the Ravens, so that could allow a team like you mentioned moving up. And I tell you, I wrote about it last week, actually this week, moving up to number ten. If Marshawn Lattimore is there, is is something I would strongly consider. Now I know people are going to say the hamstrings and. Obviously, you want to do your, your medical checks, but if you want a corner that's that's plug-and-play, now any corner is going to come in a struggle initially, but you want someone to plug-and-play, plug he's the that guy. Now that Sidney Jones, my number one corner, mm-hmm. is, is, is injured and won't be available till August. Yeah, I'm I'm very much down with that. Are you kidding uh, me if he somehow gets the yes, 10? Yes, please. And that's what I'm saying. I don't think he gets the 10, but I would do that in a heartbeat. Like you said, it's court, just to reiterate that point, cornerbacks – other than Jalen Ramsey, cornerbacks don't come into the NFL and succeed right away. It's Marcus, it takes Marcus time. Peters too. Marcus Gotta Peters, my boy Marcus. <laughs> but even, and even them, Jalen Ramsey bettered Marcus Peters in his first year. Maybe not the interception numbers, but from a pure coverage standpoint, yeah. unbelievable. But for the most part, even even the high picks, usually it takes at least a year or so to get settled. But it's a great point. 888-729-9494, pound 94, 94 on your Verizon AT&T cell phones. Let's go to Ron in Lehigh Valley. Ron, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, Johnny, Jimmy, Rodney, Ronnie, hello. Hey, <laughs> hey, what's what's shaking? Hey, I hope my battery doesn't die here before uh, I have to, you know, uh, cut out. But, well, we'll make it quick. We'll get in there. What's, what's right, on your mind? My, my main question, and since Rodney's there, I have a new question I'd, I'd like to get in uh, be, before I'm off the air. Rodney's, Rodney's not actually here, not here, Ron. But Tehran is. <laughs> Who is? Tehran. Tehran Davenport from EaglesWire.com. Oh, Tehran. Okay, sorry. I kind of missed that. Well, anyway, I'll still ask the question. But no my main problem. question is... How does it feel to be an eagle, Tehran? <laughs> I love it. Welcome aboard. Fly, <laughs> Eagles, fly. The road to victory. Hey, listen, my 
big question is, and I don't know if I heard this right, man, but with the the uh, uh, NFL owners' meetings, was is there a fifty million dollar payment going out to thirty one teams because of Oakland's move to Vegas? And yes. who's who's paying that money? And what's the and and, and what's the, uh, the 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 validity of it? The validity Perfect. is it's happening. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they own the league. Check. Yes. <laughs> That's why only one owner voted against it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, a, Everyone it, else was down. Oh, $50 million check? Yep. No, I'm in. Oh, no, go yeah, to yeah, Vegas. Yeah. That's why so That's go why to cool. Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's why the only team was probably Oakland that said, <laughs> no, we can't do that. Where, it was where? the Dolphins. Yeah. Believe it or not. Oh, it was the Dolphins? Yeah. I didn't know that. I forgot about it. Why would they? I don't know. Because they didn't want to hear Chris Berman go, the Vegas <laughs> or just yeah, or it's just Tenenbaum just trying to be you know w- yeah. whatever he is right? No, no, uh, yeah. I'm gonna be different. Uh, and and that has it led probably to a had of- it probably had something to do with some sort of financial thing where some owner like the owner of the Dolphins was gonna like lose money on some Vegas deal he had or there, I'm sure it was some sort of stupid yeah. non-related to actual NFL. But I still I, I, like I know that it's probably like whatever it's 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 the greed of the owners of why they move that anyway. I love the Raiders uh, in Vegas. I love it. I love They're the it. perfect team for Vegas. Vegas should have a team. Uh, like uh, The NFL already has, what, DraftKings and all this stuff in their stadiums. And yes. stuff. It's like, it's cool, man. Like, everybody gambles on, on football. We all know it. Like, as long as the players aren't gambling, you know, it is what it is. And I, and I know that's the worry in Vegas, but... The, the, in my mind, the, the positives and the fun that comes oh, yeah. out of it. And plus, we get a Vegas Super Bowl. Oh, yes, my God. Yes, absolutely. That's where you want to be, man. It's going to be the greatest gambling <laughs> event in the history of the planet. Toronto, go cover the, the Super Bowl for USA Today in Las Vegas. Come on, yes. man. Of course, we'll all be out there <laughs> doing that stuff. And so they just need to complete the cycle, too. So the, the Golden Knights, the hockey team that's also out there, then they just need to acquire an NBA team. You call them the Legion. Right or the gladiators, and then you just and then an MLB team doing the same thing, like it just kind of just wrap it up and just all these all these different uh, old school warrior types. I think it'd be a lot of fun. And what Eagles don't get to play in Vegas till two thousand twenty one or whatever it is. God, that's the other thing I I already booked my flight. Is it too early for that? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) We'll go back to the phones. It's James in Princeton. James, what's going on this afternoon? But how are you? Yo, what's going on, guys? How you doing? Good, man. What's going on? Uh, First things first, I don't say. I'm a huge fan of the of the podcast, John. Thanks, man. Uh, my friend Will and I are the guys that make the beats for the podcast, actually. Oh, no um, kidding. Okay, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> um, my question is for Toronto, actually. Toronto, I've seen a lot of love for uh, Alvin Kamara on the on the um, Eagles Wire, and then uh, I think you featured like uh, Tarek Cohen as um as like a sleeper. But I want to ask you about Deontay Foreman out of Texas. Like I know he has a lot of fumble issues Uh-oh. and stuff, but Uh-oh. I got that big, got that <laughs> ass, man. And I know that knock on him that he can't catch out of the backfield, but like I think. We could train him up, cook him up a little bit. He could be a real fine for us if he falls there in like the second, third round maybe. I'm going to tell you what I think of whenever Deontay Foreman is mentioned. Remember Uh-oh. a while ago <laughs> yeah, James, there, there was it, buddy. <laughs> that BMW commercial where okay. they say you can learn a lot. Or no, it's a seatbelt commercial where they say you can learn a lot from a dummy. Yes. And, and you, you know the doll, what you call it, a crash test dummy, the doll that's in the seat. Yeah. Now, I don't like to really <laughs> knock a player. But Deontay Foreman is always, always getting tackled, form tackled. And he, he's a big body. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen in the league. He's not going to be able to rely on that size that he did at Texas. And you're going to see him take a lot of big hits. And I, that's going to be a problem because people are going to tee off on this dude. And, and that's how I see it. Um, I don't see him breaking tackles. So that 245 pounds or whatever he weighs 
is irrelevant to Might me. Might as well be 180, because you know what you're saying? I, I mean, I'll tell you like this. And, <laughs> and you know, people are going to say, I, I always refer to this kid too much, but I'll take Joe Williams out of Utah over Dante Foreman. And if you watch the two, he actually runs harder. And he's okay. about 30 pounds less. I talked to him at the East-West Shrine. I, I tell you what, just just YouTube or, or Google uh, Joe Williams' football game plan. I had an interview with Oh, no, just clean him. it up because it's hilarious. That's all it is. So, so, James, listen to this. All right, Teron is interviewing this guy, and he just comes and says, like, you know, you don't have the, the size of everybody else here. What's your, what's your mentality when you go out the field or something like that? He's just when you're like, running between the tackles. It's just like, well. You just gotta run over an MFR's face. <laughs> he's no said, stop. He's a channel. I, I try to get like Marshawn Lynch and just run through a. I, I said, man, you know, I like the dog in you. So, bro, it's not that easy, man. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. it's definitely exactly. not. But it, it's a something you have to have that mindset. And I just, right. I, I mean, I can't. I've never talked to Foreman. I actually bypassed his podium at the combine <laughs> to talk to others, but. I don't know for sure that he has that mindset. And even just in watching him play, I don't see it from him. So, I mean, look, I hope I'm wrong. You know what I mean? Because I would love to see the young man be able to have a successful sure. career. I'm not that guy to hope for someone's failure, but I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, like, I obviously I'm a little higher than Tehran is on, Me too. on that. I think I think – Man, I think I like, you'd be a great, great selection. I like him a lot. <laughs> I take James Conner. You want a physical back? Go get James Conner. Well, there's that too. That's in the situation well, with with all the running back classes. That's what's that's the issue. Yes, and that's why you know we've the, the Mixon thing. I know it's come up a lot, but like that's one of the reasons why I don't want to root for Joe Mixon. But one of the reasons I don't want them to draft him is because there's just so many other guys in this draft who have talent who you can get later, and you don't have to you know take on that risk. All right, let's go to Pete in Vineland. Pete, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey man, how you guys doing today? Doing great. All right, I just listened to the uh, the episode of the podcast this morning, so I'm fresh. I'm fresh. Beautiful. I'm all up to date. Appreciate so, it. Uh, not a problem. So actually, Teron, it's one trade that I know I listened to it with the 14 and the swap, but now with uh, Chicago Bears signing BW Webb, and it's another trade that could be had. And John, I actually tweeted to uh, tweeted this to you earlier in the week. Go ahead and throw that 99th overall kick to Chicago for Kyle Fuller. You're speaking well, our see, language, listen, Pete. Listen, listen. You're I'm speaking Pete, our language. I am so down with that, except yes. for the compensation that you just said, because I think that's still I don't think you need, maybe I don't a little think you tight. need to do it. But you can get him for a fourth. Yeah, maybe I, even a fifth. Yeah. Because they want to get rid of him. Yep. And, and so Pete, bad. I don't know if there's a caller of the day award. But I give it to you because I love that trade, man. Yes, I, love I actually, I actually wrote about that uh, last month, and back okay. then I had I had Kendricks included in the deal. But if you look, Chicago, uh, I, I think it was Ryan Pace, either Ryan Pace or John Fox, one of the two. They actually questioned his manhood because they they felt like as if. He was nursing his injury too long and not coming back in which time. Which is always a terrible yeah, idea. Which means yeah, you, you don't which do means that to he's a player. Gone. He's out. So, like they're not gonna. They, you, you can't come back from that with your coaches. And and when I when I watch Sidney Jones, who's my number one corner, I see a lot of similarities between he and Kyle Fuller because both of these guys are, right. are you, you know, they're your basic size guys, but they're physical. They they like to come up and, and make plays against the run. They're always in phase, and and that's what you get in Kyle Fuller. So I, that's an awesome trade. I, I would look at doing that for a fourth or fifth. Yeah, and to add right. on, go ahead, Pete. I'm sorry. And the thing is, what they're doing is you could possibly get it for a fourth. You question his manhood, and every time you sign another cornerback, you're devaluing yep. him. Yep. So then at that point, you want to get everything you want. And um, there was a, a 
another two quick points I have real quick. Yeah, real listen. quick, just because we're up against a break here, Pete. All right, Corn Elder, I like him. Mm. Oh, and yeah, now. Now, now, now yeah, that's Pete. it. Yes, 100%. What's the next one? And then uh, Darren Scrolls replacement, Marlon Mack, out of USF. I think it's UCF or USF. Mm-hmm. Yeah, USF. Yeah, that's it. It's a couple of interesting names there, Pete. I tell you, we're going to hold on to that because I have a bunch of Cornell to love. Real quick, before we get off Fuller, just to add on to the point, if they do trade for him, talking about the knowing him, I said it before when they signed, or before they signed Jeffrey. Yeah, the fact that Joe Douglas knows this guy, I feel better about them going out to get Kyle Fuller, better about Kyle Fuller as a man and as a player because Joe Douglas is in this building. So if they make that move, I would feel very confident. Another last last year of his deal, too. Absolutely. BGN Radio coming back right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 94 WIP FM HD 1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios, this is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. So uh, uh, shouts rather to uh, Scott Kessler. We were talking about the the Raiders thing, and he actually said it was because Dolphins just really didn't – they're not down with a lot of that stuff. Yeah, and for the fans, too, which was kind of – it's like we're making fun of them. It's some, like, backdoor money thing. It's like, no, they just felt bad for the fans of Oakland. They're actually just, you know, magnanimous people, apparently. Not not fair to the fans. In fact, they spent $500 million to stay in Miami. And that is fair. Like, it isn't fair, really, to to the fans of of Oakland. I mean, they are getting royally screwed in this case, but, you know – such mm. is, such is the game. It's what happens. Twice St. Louis got screwed too. Yeah. I mean, you know, San Diego got screwed. It's what happens. It's professional sports. Yeah, unless you were one of the originals, it's going to continue to happen yeah. here. Oh, well, so, oh sorry. At, at least at least St. Louis. I mean, well, no, because they had the Cardinals, lost mm-hmm. the Cardinals, and then stole the Rams. So it bounced. Well, that's why I was right with that yeah, one because because wow. the Rams are <laughs> LA originally, yeah. so it's all right. But San Diego, it's, it's my issue, and you know, not to go all Bill Simmons and that commercial, but like, don't. Make fans pay for your stupid stadiums, and then this won't be an issue, and you can go over the hell you want. But when you leave and fans have paid $500 million in tax money or whatever yeah. it is to build you a stadium, and then you abandon them, that's where I have a real issue. And, and just, you know, yeah, and Oakland, seat, not nice. the case as much, but you know what I mean? Like, that, that's, that's where it gets really ugly, and see all that stuff. It's it's not a good look. It's in crazy general, how but. much like billionaires uh, can't afford million dollars stadiums. Like just like man, take out a loan. That's they the know is, you're good that's for the it. That's thing is they can afford it. Yes. They just want us to pay for well, of it. Of course, and that's the problem. The Raiders stadium is a, it's a absolute. Oh, the dump. Coliseum is oh, a disaster. Oh, well, that's horrible. why that's why they're. Le- I mean, if Oakland had built them a stadium, they would have stayed. But the point is. Oakland shouldn't have to build them a stadium, but yeah. build your own stadium. And the, the athletics are already like they they they're, they're well, the poster child for you know well, like we're not going to spend too much a, money. They're, they're, they're and they're playing in crap. dirt. They're, they're talking about how <laughs> yeah. crappy that yeah. stadium is for football. It's that much worse for baseball. I've been to Oakland A's games. Yeah, you can actually see the football field outline on the outfield. It's like it's awful. But the, the more surprising part is like Oakland. If I'm not mistaken, is one of like the top five most booming markets in America right now. Yeah, like right behind like Seattle and San Francisco, the whole Bay Area is exploding. It's because Silicon Valley is freaking uh, ridiculous uh, to live in. Exactly. They go to Oakland, they start their own companies there. It Ex- makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. But that's and now why, they're going to lose. Not, exactly. And I, there will be a team back in Oakland at some point in the not too distant future, I would guess. It's BGN Radio. John Barcher, James Seltzer, Teron Davenport from EaglesWire.com, all hanging out and talking about a bunch of different things. And obviously, you know, the. The Kyle Fuller thing is is really interesting. Yeah. 
And uh, I'm going to go to my man Bob in Wilmington because I have a pretty good idea for what he is going to suggest, and it kind of ties into that. Bob, what's going on this afternoon? Hey, hey guys, uh, let me tell you, you got an old Baltimore Colt fan here. Let me oh, tell you oh, how much oh, it hurt. The so you're tell just, us all about yeah, I want to know how it felt that they just moved uh, in the middle of I the mean, night. I mean, that's a, a rare cat. They moved. They like nothing <laughs> left. Oh man, yeah. What was uh, that like, I'm, Bob? Uh, I'm telling you, I, outside of losing a family member or a loved one, nothing ever hurt me as much. I can as, imagine. Uh, I would believe uh, that. I grew up with Johnny Udinus and Raymond Barry and and those guys and I I I live in Wilmington so and my mom's from Baltimore and the first remembrance I have of football is the '58 championship game when they mm-hmm. beat the Giants. Wow, the all timer. Giannis gives to Amici. He scores. <laughs> like yeah, I, I even remember those. I watched that so many times, Bob. Uh, you know, Udinus to Barry, Udinus to Barry, Udinus to Barry. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. and it was just, it, let me tell you what I think. I do not root for the Indianapolis Colts. I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. I, you know, I, I, I if I said what I thought of the Ursays, I would be cut off in about uh, two seconds. <laughs> well, I think we would all join you. I'm guessing you're not the only you. one, yeah, Bob. <laughs> Well, you know, the old man said that he was a war veteran, and that was a stone lie. No, oh, wow. He, he, he was a creep. It's about the but, worst thing you and can not lie about. It's like, right high on the list of worst things you can lie about. Not only did they blow that, but they also blew, like, having John Elway on their football team, which is just <laughs> asinine to me. But anyway, John refused. Well, that, listen, <laughs> I never rooted for Elway because Elway wouldn't sign with them, and I think if Elway had signed with them, they would have stayed in Baltimore. That's just my that's, opinion. It's a good theory. Yeah, it's a great theory, actually. What uh, well, So what do you feeling about uh, about Kendricks here, Bob? Well, my, my question is, now, I don't know if this is true, but I have read that a large part, I'm going to say 90 to 95 percent of his salary became guaranteed at an earlier date. Yeah. So the Eagles at this point in time, and I don't know if that's true or not. That's why I'm asking you guys if the Eagles are going to have to trade him or keep him. Because so, you know, so, that- so how that breaks down, Bob, and it always gets like a little complicated when you're talking about all these contracts. So that did become guaranteed bonus money, and now his cap hit for this specific year is nine million dollars, all wrapped up in that. It was at six point six that rolled into the guaranteed money, so that ends up becoming that. But what the Eagles can do is wait until that post June first, which is always very important, which is. Probably why Kendricks is going to be on the trading block a little later. If they trade him or release him after the first, they either save, uh, I believe, like one, one, or no, about $650,000 if they just cut him outright. If they trade him, it's $4 million back that they save on that. 4.4 or something Something like like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. So if. even post June one, isn't that money still guaranteed for this year? That well, he's going to get paid, but it won't. They they can still recoup money against the cap. Yes. Yeah. They, yeah so they, they will still have to pay all that bonus money, but it doesn't affect the cap if they move it after the first. Sal- I thought salary had become guaranteed for Not this year. Bonus- for this yeah. year, it does. Yeah. Is there anybody out there that wants this guy? I mean, it, it, <laughs> uh, great question, Bob. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> you know, in in our eyes, I don't know Probably how there not. is, but but it look it from the way the Eagles have handled this, it makes me believe that they've at least had some sort of feels on him because I, I don't think they would have held on to him and and kind of went through this whole situation unless they were either willing to keep him on the team next year at the price, which I I find highly doubtful. Or they felt they could move him, even if it's for a sixth or a seventh or whatever it is. Uh, but look, I, John, what, I mean, what do you? Because from our eyes, from what we see on the field, from the what twenty nine percent of yeah. snaps he played last year, I don't know why anyone would want him. The only thing, well, this is where it kind of ties in. I know we're talking about Kyle Fuller, 
I think the Eagles would ha- obviously have to offer them a little something more than just mm-hmm. yeah, Kendricks. Kendrick's. Nobody's going to take Kendricks alone on its own. But if it's in a package deal like that, like where it is Kendricks and a fifth, Kendricks or a fifth or additional something like that. That's that, what I wrote about a month ago. Yeah, I, absolutely. I put Kendricks in that deal just to kind of offset, you know, get some rid of, of some stuff. contract money. And the thing you got to remember, and I said it right as we slipped to the break, but Fuller's on on the last year of his rookie deal. His cap number was one point seven. So you could get a guy that, that's very talented, and, and another situation where it's like okay. Uh, we want him to come in and prove himself. We're going to see him firsthand. We'll test drive this car and find out if we're going to lease it long-term or what we're going to do with it. Plus, uh, the Bears are a 3-4, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. Right? So oh, yeah. exactly. that's a, a better. Exactly. I mean, if Kendrick's – I think you're looking at a 3-4 team to trade him to with yeah. the only success we've really seen him have in the league in the 3-4. So. And Ryan Pace, quite dumb. All right, like I, I, I am uh, so anybody sold. that gives Mike Glennon that much money, absolutely, yeah, you do have to uh, check his IQ. You, for sure. You're telling me all the dumb things that they've done, and like all, and and for, oh, you think trading and, Brandon and Marshall with, for a fifth was dumb? Oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah was it? Really, really oh, great dividends oh, hold that on, hold freaking on, panned out. Hold on. Then we, you have, lost. we have great tight ends. We got another great tight end. Let's trade them all. <laughs> Let's Greg Olson yeah, or Martellus Bennett or any of these guys. <laughs> and uh, by the way, Alshon, sorry, I guess we don't need you because the injured Kevin White who looks awful this entire time, even when he does get playing time. Boop. That franchise is terrible. I hope they yeah. take Mitch, Mitch Trubisky. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, John, John Mitchell. Okay, no, how many times no. have we talked about this? Mitch. It will always yeah. be Mitch, especially Mitchell. with... Well, but call me Mitchell. Who says that? Call me Mitchell. Who goes to the less cooler on. name? Well, Tim Tim Jernigan just did it. No, and then uh, that's what I'm. Well, right. that's the, but that's the opposite. Like I, I instead of Timmy's going from cool. Timmy, Timmy, I like Timmy. No, Timmy reminds fun. me of a six year old child. Yes, it reminds I, you I, of, of what's it? Uh, you know, uh, well, uh, I think it's funny calling a guy six three, two hundred ninety five pounds. It's like it's like when they call him like little or junior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you had the biggest guy in the room, and you you be like, hey, tiny, and the biggest guy turns around, tiny, exactly. Like, your name? Exactly. It's fun. Yeah, you got a problem with that? Exactly. <laughs> no. No, absolutely not. Let's go to Ron in Woodland. Ron, what's going on this afternoon, bud? Uh, good afternoon. Uh, I just want to tell you that uh, I've worked with Teron, and uh, he I have a lot of respect for him. He's a good guy, and his knowledge of sports, it's ridiculous for football, <laughs> is outrageous. Uh, I do have a question for him. See, Teron, that's where you say the check is in the mail, Teron. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's, it's, it's in the mail. He knows it. He knows this. This is one of the best dresses. I, I learned a lot about how to dress from this Ooh. distinguished gentleman. Oh, okay, right so here. we well, might need to yeah, so tell from his voice. Ron, Ron sorry, we're like, okay. Hey, Ron, right. give uh, give Titus your phone number after after hanging up. We got to call you about a dress code here. What's okay, on your mind, though? Well, uh, as a matter, it's funny you should mention that because I worked at a store on Rodeo Drive. There you go. And um, wait, which store? Because uh, I used to live out there. Okay, it was Carolyn Company. Oh, four sixty six North Rodeo. Damn, Ron's in a yeah, <laughs> Ron's in a good <laughs> shot. Man. Yeah, I'm definitely yeah. talking to you. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny. I I actually did the entire wardrobe for when they did the movie version of Dynasty. And they made a movie <laughs> yeah, version I, of I didn't, know that I didn't even know that. <laughs> I, the TV show, obviously. You see, I, I have OGs in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. You see this? Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, it's 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 a pleasure to to chat with you guys, uh, particularly to Ron. Here's my theory regarding uh wide receivers that get paid to do one thing, and that's to catch a ball that's thrown right to them. Uh, it, it's just remarkable to me what has happened to the Eagles team in regards to that specific area, but it's not just the Eagles. It's happening league-wide. 
And I'm thinking to myself, well, what's the deal here? Are they not getting the proper feel of the ball when it's thrown to them? Could it be that the gloves they wear are a little too thick? What do you think, Teron? That's definitely something that could be in the equation. When I played, I didn't use gloves. I did the old Tim Brown style. Me too. I had tape on my fingers. <laughs> I, just went, I just went bare hands. I think in addition to that, not, not getting a good feel on the ball, I think – just like in basketball where you see these guys focused on, on you know, crossover around the back pass to make a basic bounce pass that, that could probably be a lot more efficient because of the, the ESPN, the, the highlights. Oh, yeah. I think what you're seeing is guys getting, you know, seeing these highlights of catching the football, turning up field, and, and making a move and, and scoring. I think what you're, the concentration level is, is deteriorating because these guys just want to catch and run. But you're not catching it and looking all the way into the tuck. I remember we used to have, we called them ball bonding drills. You know, and we would literally, like we would catch, the quarterbacks would throw us the ball, we would catch it and look it literally all the way into the tuck till we tuck it, and then we turn mm-hmm. and, and we take a couple steps. And, and those are some of the things that you're not seeing as much. So the concentration on the football is is not there as much, and I think that's why you see a lot of drops. That's that's excellent. I I uh, do you think also that <clears throat> that it's a possibility that they are not running proper routes, and all of a sudden they have to recover, and they're a little off balance. I think there's some of that in there too, Ron. Yeah. And and uh, just to, I mean, just on the hands thing, I I I I make it even a little simpler, and I obviously respect Teron's opinion because he played the position. Either have it or you don't. I agree. That's kind of what it comes John, down to. John too. Ritchie always says on the midday show, he's either like, you can catch or you can't. He's like, it's God-given. You can either catch or you can't. Now, that's and not I, to say that guys I, can come I, in yes, here and, and improve. And you can get but. better. Yeah, exactly. But I do think there is an innateness to that position. I think there's a, a certain degree of it. But you look at guys, man, when Jerry Rice came in the league, Fifi, that's what they called him. He could not catch the football. He had drops. <laughs> called him Fifi? Yeah, because of his hairstyle. <laughs> that's what they used to call him. But, yeah, I mean, you look at Vernon Davis, another one. With, with Vernon, he would always jump to catch always. the football and, and catch it with his body. He still does that once in a while. Yeah. Still, Terry yeah. Glenn, one of my favorite college players ever, he I used to do to it Ohio too. State. But it, it's just something that, that you, you could work on and, and get better. But uh, John Ritchie is is right to a degree. Is Some people are just blessed yeah. with the ability to do it, yep. a la Chris Carter. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. exactly right. Exactly right. He's just kind of like our, our boy or, with it. Or me that one time I made that amazing catch. I, Ask my friends about it. (laughs) It was the the coolest thing ever. I call it the greatest catch ever made in the history of man. It might be in my knob, but it's it's in the discussion. Let's break it down. So his mom was calling him in for dinner, (laughs) and then... uh... <laughs> Shockingly, it was actually in, the, in, in like the fields of a fish festival. Oh, okay. So, all right. you know. Oh, Jesus. That's even uh, it's even great. That fits your brand perfectly. I got the fish reference in there. Let's, let's go all the way out there. Pete in L.A., what's happening tonight, brother? Yeah, you guys are laughing way too much. I love it. <laughs> Having a good time. It happens. It happens. Uh, all right. Well, where do we start? Um, if you guys remember Trash, uh, who's Trash? James Thrash? Is that you're talking about? James Thrash Thrash? And Todd You guys don't know who Trash is? He played for the Eagles. No. Played for Penn State. Trash? No, I don't remember that at all. Greg Garrity. Greg Garrity? What? I don't know that well, name at all. Does that make me a horrible Eagles fan? I've never heard that name before. Toronto, have you ever heard that name before? Yeah, I don't. I, you got to stop. Tell, blank. tell us about Trash for a second. So he played for the Eagles, Buddy Ball era, and he, won, he made one of the most epic catches ever. 
Everything he was thrown to him, he caught it. That's why they call him trash. Uh, ah, went in there. So the opposite of what we would have expected yeah. for the trash. Yeah, see, I got to get, I got to get uh, brushed up on Buddy Bowl, man. That's just, I was, I was too, I was too young, so yeah. I don't remember any of that stuff. How old are you? You sound oh. like you're like fifty-four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's, the, it's the, it's the glorious radio. I'm actually still in my thirties, there, my friend. So yeah, it's, it's, no way. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, 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 Jesus, my, my girlfriend's 47, I'm 40, she's hot. Because you know why? Because we live next to Rodeo Drive. Ah, see, there you go. That's right. That's, there, there it is. That's What's going on, everybody? We're going to We are coast to coast, by coastal. How about it? Pete, tell us about uh, uh, Peppers here. Well, I think that uh, I don't see, I mean, I could be wrong. Everybody could be wrong. But don't you think he's just going to be a good player? Forget about what position he's going to play. I what you I feel like he's uh, the guy from Michigan. Came to, I you know a hybrid guy. Peppers. He just retired. Yeah. Uh, um, you know Jabril Peppers. He won the Heisman. No, oh, he oh, won the Heisman Trophy. Uh, Desmond. Uh, uh, oh, he, Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson. Oh, you Don't think he's going to Charles that? Woodson, Pete? Oh, jeez, man. Wow. That's, that's, uh, that's high, you know, high praise. It, it's it's weird because Future there's Hall of Famer Charles Woodson. Yeah, there's I, there's still a lot of different takes on where exactly he. I mean, like everybody's putting him in the safety position. At least most of the guys that I read and do a lot of that. I look at his tape and I go, I, I guess it's just kind of like he's that ATH guy again that you would yeah. recruit from college. It's kind of how he played most of his most of his ball there too. I, I think there's a lot of different things you could do. I, I, I'm hearing I'm hearing that a lot about. You put him at safety, you're set for the next 15 years. I don't quite buy that, but I think he'd be a pretty good football player. I, I see him more as a hybrid again. He's he's a football player. Yeah, he, he's one of those I guys. You just line. you just get I him. I love that line. What? He's a football player. Exactly. Like, you know, it's you like, just get him on the field, on the field. Yes. and and you just let him do what he does. I, I think now, Dayon Buchanan, when that dude came out, and that's that's my boy, man. That's that's my boy. You know, when he came out for Washington State, you know, he kind of set a different trend. And it's funny yeah, because as I, was, as I was talking to him through the process, he would always say, man, Cam Chancellor, Sean Taylor, those are my guys. Those are my guys. And I said, well, you know, with your style of play, you could have that type of impact. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he could be that great of a player, but that money linebacker position that he started to play. You see Mike Barron, uh, Mark Barron playing it. And yep. when, I, when I look at Jabril Peppers, I see a lot of that similarities to Mark Barron. But see, the thing with Dayon that was different is – that dude has the ability to take on offensive lines yes. yeah, yeah. and, and does not. really yeah. push them back. So there's a difference, but at the same time, he could use his athleticism, you know, give him a move, swim move, whatever you have to do, and make the tackle. And that's what I like about Peppers. But then, I mean, you could use him in so many ways, and with the way this league is going more towards a passing league, we're talking about Michael Kendricks and how he had to be taken off of the field in nickel packages. You don't have to do that with Jabril. He could be your guy. You, like I said, your, your money linebacker slash cor- uh, corner slash safety. You could do so much with him. Yeah, and I think in addition, just adding where the league is going, I think we're going towards more versatility. Guys who could do multiple things for you are, are more valuable. Uh, I'm with Teron there, and, and my favorite you know, Buchanan thing that the damn Buchanan at all costs. Oh yeah, Brian, no, matter, the, no matter what, the, with the Bruce Arians' sheet, sheet yeah. yeah, no matter what. It was straight out of freaking no, what was it? Draft awful day movie. or yeah, something? Day. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Remember that? After they picked him, it's yeah. like this was Saw found this in the the Arizona draft room, like draft war room, <laughs> at all costs. I've dropped, well, not my third water time out. he's dropped yeah. that. Yeah. What is wrong What's with me? What's going on today? We're having too That's much fun. Water bottle. It is. It is. I need a lot of water. We're going to continue having a lot of fun. I do want to get into that too because there is a lot of different hybrid situations where the game has changed and 
there's some other guys on our list and maybe even a possible trade that Teron brought up later this or earlier this week. It's BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. All right, so we got our lesson on the trash man. But then Teron looked up the stats. That's why I didn't. I, I never knew. He must have been like a uh, the uh, the legend, I guess, during that time. But what was his, what was his stat line if he caught everything? Yeah. yeah. So in 1989, 13 receptions, 88, 17, 87, 12, 86, 12, 85, 7. But he has a heck of an average yards per catch, 16.2. Okay. All right. Six touchdowns. He was also a stealer, so we could call him a steagle. Aha. There we so, go. I, I feel a lot better about not old, knowing who he was. Like, okay. He made it seem like he, he, yeah. See there, wow, made it seem like uh, like uh, we were like missing like the go-to receiver from that. It was like not Keith Jackson. It's this guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My guy area. back then, man. Yeah. I, I, Arkansas Fred, man. Oh, Fred Barnett, yeah. Yeah. Williams. Yeah. Those are guys I remember. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Who is this guy? Gizmo Williams. So, remember so, Gizmo Williams on the punt So I'm assuming. I'm assuming that he was only thrown to 12 or 13 times a year if he caught but everything. But every time right? he was thrown yeah, to, so we the, all have our favorite. Trash man. <laughs> Pete, Pete from L.A., I love him. One of my favorite callers calls the midday show all the time. Sometimes the things he says, you you have to you know check <laughs> Just, into yeah, to yeah. make sure. They're That's what we good. were so interested. That's why we did. And I'm yeah. glad that we did. It is uh, BGN Radio. John Barcher, James Seltzer, and of course Teron Davenport from EaglesWire.com will hanging out with you uh, until three o'clock. And I smell Tank out there already, so I know oh, he's going to be. Oh, yeah. in there. Well, they're actually at the. They're, he was just stopping in. I think they're down at the ballpark. If oh, I'm is correct. that what's yes. going on? Excellent. So it's yeah, uh, yeah. him and John Johnson phone. It's going to be uh, very exciting. As we got uh, Phillies opening nights now uh, yeah, coming in tonight. So it hopefully be a better. Show. Even though well, they, they weather's it. better, so it's already well, good. Yeah, and, they, and you know they came back. They didn't win it, but that was that was nice to see. Down seven nothing to make it seven six for a team that has not had the best, uh, you know, done the best job of scoring runs so far this season. That was nice to see at least them fight back, even if they couldn't pull it off. Again. Absolutely. And if you're digging the show, you can follow us over at BGN underscore Radio. I want to give a quick shout out to our friend Michael Ingram. Who uh, wrote a fantastic iTunes review because he liked the show? He checked he made out the us podcast. All smile. We were like, oh my yeah. goodness. So that was if you so like nice. that, Thank go you. check out the podcast. If you like the podcast. Give us a good review. Let's go to Ron in South Philly. Ron, what's happening this afternoon, pal? Hey, guys. Um, first off, I want to say it's a great show. Um, and uh, I played football with Teron. He was actually um, uh, graduating the year I came in as a freshman. He Get actually out taught of me here. how to play wide receiver. Hold on one second. Um, Teron, how this many is, This is Ron many? Shipman. Yeah, how, how? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, re- I remember Ron. He ran, ran, Ron yo, he ran really good routes, man. How many people did yeah. you pay to call in today? I love <laughs> Hey, look, man, they all, they're all on the payroll, baby. <laughs> I love it. Hey. Look, I'm letting you know. I followed Teron when he was with uh, with Baltimore and was doing a great job. And I was that's so where we first out about him too. Yeah, that's where I was like, "Who's Teron? This is great stuff here." And then they came I'm up here. I was so you, excited. He knows the stuff, but I want I want to ask this. Um, I, Eagles are always looking for a quarterback. Is there any chance or any whispers out there of Joe Hayden getting out of Cleveland and maybe Man. us making a, a push for him? That's an awesome point. Yeah, and and, and I'm I'm not hearing anything. But if there's a guy that they could bring in at, at a lower cost that still has a lot of football left, I mean, he would be a really good option for them. That's an awesome point. I, You know, I'm going to reach out to some of my, my uh, friends in the Cleveland media and see if there's anything that, that they know about, you know, if they could reach their sources. But I think that's, that's a really good, yeah. really good, good Especially good, if he maybe wants option. to – he spent his entire career there. Maybe he wants to, you know, get a chance to Kinda win. Get, it's a new <laughs> resume. Yeah, yeah, might be nice though. to go like, there. Yeah, they're not winning anytime soon, and he's what? 31, 30, somewhere in that range. Like, 
you know, maybe he wants to actually take a shot. I want to see what his ever. contract looks like. Yeah, it's kind of weird too. And, yeah. and Ron, it's a it's a great uh, it's a great idea. And we appreciate the call, man. But uh, oh, sorry. Did you know, I was trying to. I, I have this thing with numbers, and I could have swore he I, I he, he was number fifteen. I'm almost positive. <laughs> I just wanted to ask him for sure, just to test my memory. You're, you're a number guy, like yeah. That. Big number I love guy. that. I love that. It's, I I'm I'm not. I'm yeah, terrible that, at it. Yeah, I'm pretty bad at yeah, it too. Yeah, like the big ones I remember, but it's very rare that I'm like, oh, number eight, number twelve. Like I'm not good at that. Uh, so that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. people are. I'm I wonder what the value of a Joe Hayden would be though. Like, cause like, I'm looking up his deal now. I, I, I want, if if there is like. I, I don't know. Even if that contract is, uh, let's it's say it's comparable too- in between, like let's say it's seven million dollars a year, eight million dollars a year, some somewhere around there. Uh, no, <laughs> more, I would think way more, more than that, that, right? Yeah, I don't. Don't I, no. do it. Yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> 2011, eleven point two. Two thousand eighteen, eleven point two. Two thousand nineteen, ten point five. That's too yeah, much. It was a great idea, though. Yeah, uh, definitely. And, I, and if you, you only have one year left or something, may be worth yeah. it. But that. That's that's a lot to eat. Yeah, I that's just wonder, too expensive. Like, why why is it that you like it, it astounds me that the NFL doesn't take the uh, well, I guess it's not entirely true, but uh I I never understand why a lot of NFL teams don't eat the, uh, or is able to eat a salary that they're trying to trade away. Like the Brock trade you're talking about. Like the Yeah, Osweiler I mean trade. like that's 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 I, kind of, I, I can't believe it hasn't happened more. I agree. Like why wouldn't you say, "All right, we're going to eat this salary. Give us, you know, we'll take on that salary for you." Just give us a draft pick. It's it's essentially buying draft picks. It's exactly what Cleveland did. It's kind of what the Eagles did with the Sam Bradford signing and yeah. whatnot a little bit. I don't get why it's not. I think it's going to be more of a thing. I think the Brock trade might have kind of opened the floodgates. I mean, look, with the one-year deals, we're seeing them all over now. It's starting to kind of permutate around the league. Maybe it's oh, kind yeah, of that, that trade. That's a difference. Yeah, I definitely think you'll see more of that, especially with teams that have a you know, huge cap floor to kind of still, yeah. still work under and stuff. I'm saying in the in regards of... Why can't the Eagles or in or the Browns retain that like Joe Hayden's salary and just at, at, at I got you say well, that's there. a great question. I don't know why the NFL doesn't like, allow we'll, that. We'll eat the salary and then but still trade him to you and that way we can get an asset. It's a great question. I don't know why they I mean you could do that in other sports. Yeah, you can do that. The NHL does it, the NBA does it all the time. You baseball just, you can certainly yeah. I mean baseball you could trade a guy for for a bag yes. of rocks. It's, it doesn't a, matter, yeah. It's the beauty of not having a salary cap in yes. there which is which yes. is kind of interesting. There is another corner opportunity maybe that the Eagles also could just, I don't know, kick the tires on. And I know what's crazy about this next fellow that I'm about to say is that somehow he's turned into Namdi Asamoah for a lot of folks, and it's just a system. He's just a product of this, even though he was one of the best corners in the league and probably still is, even though he had a down year last year. It's Richard Sherman. Yeah. And and I'm I'm astounded by a lot of Eagles fans that are just like he's a system guy. He I, only does this because we you were scarred. Go? I think honestly, yes. I think it comes from Byron Maxwell. Stop it, they're, they're, Byron Maxwell. Richard Sherman close to Richard, Richard Sherman can play on play any team, any scheme, anywhere, and he's going to be a stud. But Teron brought this up earlier this week, and I thought it was very interesting because I, like a lot of other people, though, would be like, eh, "Are you really going to trade a pick?" For Richard German, you know, he's a contract, contract all is all that. 29 but, or whatever. But Teron had a kind of interesting twist on on how to get around that. Teron, what were you thinking if, you you know, the Eagles were to approach Seattle here? Well, yeah, what they could do, and I, I'm not, let me preface this, I'm not saying that the team should trade for Richard Sherman because I, I don't know how they would find the money to pay him. But if they were to approach the Seahawks, what they could do is, is offer the 14th pick and a third or fourth round pick, probably that third that third round pick, mm-hmm. which the is the essence yeah. of fourth it's almost round a fourth, pick. Yeah, offer those two for Richard Sherman and the twenty sixth pick. 
You mentioned guys, yeah. You mentioned guys like Marlon Humphrey. You mentioned Trey Davis White. These are guys that will probably be there at twenty six. Dory Jackson, all those guys. Dory Jackson, yeah. Kadre Tankersley. There's a lot of guys you could be Tankersley. I like a lot too. Yeah, long corner. Yeah, I like him a lot. These are guys that you could probably get there that you would strongly consider at fourteen. So now you're flipping picks and hey, you're getting Sherman. Yeah, my question is, is that enough? Does Seattle do? I know they're if they're in theory if they're trading Sherman, they're trying to get rid of the contract. They don't want to pay a guy as he moves into potentially the more twilight years of his career. But in my mind, if I'm Seattle, I just stick with Sherman in that case, right? I mean, wouldn't you? What would you could do at number fourteen? And we talked about this on on CSN yesterday. We had a poll and we we're looking at different players. Kevin King, man, Kevin King is very similar to Sherman as far as a long corner. You know that 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 can play because Washington ran a lot of similar similar schemes to Seattle. Do you think Seattle. King goes that high though? I, he could. Yeah, he, he definitely could. Quietly, he's a guy that he's been moving and NFL up. Yeah, for sure. Folks love. Yeah, they love him. I think he's a. Per, I think he's a. Even if they don't trade Sherman, I think he's a Seattle type of corner. Mm-hmm. Like he fits mm-hmm. there really well. Yeah, um, it's a great point. So they could take him there, right? And then you have the extra pick you know in the third round but then in addition to that you're you're freeing up some room because look they have a lot of money invested in that secondary yeah. so if well, you can yeah. find a way to free and up the, some and room, russell wilson you know? doesn't cost uh seven hundred thousand dollars anymore you know <laughs> yeah, exactly. pretty much yeah it's yeah. a big i mean yeah. it's a, that was a that was we talked about how many times the idea of how they were able to stack so many spots without a position because they had a quarterback who could win a super bowl, bowl for them at seven hundred thousand dollars or eight hundred thousand dollars yeah he's one of the highest paid players in the league now so it's not you own that flexibility 888-729-9494 pound 94 94 near verizon at&t cell phones would a swap entice you for richard sherman if you had to swap first and go down and maybe give up a little sweetener like that third round pick that they just got they swapped with with the ravens because i i, I think that just like you're saying james i understand that you know, the window could always be open as long as Carson Wentz is, is going to be there. But in the same version, if he does turn out to be a superstar quarterback, almost to the type of, of Russell Wilson or whoever, then you're going to have to eventually pay them a, a bunch of money. Yep. That market's going to continue to go up. It's never going to reset. Nope. That, that is ne- Every market is going to continue you, to go that, up. If right? that's the case, he's going to cost you close to you know, $25, 30000000 million a year. So it's. I still think, yes, you still want to build long-term on this thing. You absolutely want to do that. They're, they're telling us that. But if you get a guy like Richard Sherman in here, even if it's just for the next two years, no, you're, you're that's a, a really nice two-year window of just like, okay, you have this, you have the draft. I think you're a contender immediately. I think you could say, like, I wouldn't say you're the favorite or anything, but I think if you bring in the division put, anyway, you're a contender. You, in the yeah, oh, I think I in think the playoffs, you're, I think possibly. You're, no, I think if you bring Richard Sherman in, like, just because of the way the league is now, the ability for teams. I mean, look, the Falcons were eight and eight last year, and and you know, go and and make it to the Super Bowl. I think if you fill your biggest hole with one of the best players in the league at that position. I think with everything else they have, especially look the offense and, and supplementing through the draft. I don't think mm-hmm. as they currently are constituted, mm-hmm. but I think you're pretty close to to the best teams in the NFC. Then at least at least it's it's not a crazy thing to say. And it, at, and at that point, it's that's what I'm saying. It's the same version and of Wentz has to take that step. That's oh, yeah. obviously oh, absolutely. That it goes back key. to what we talked about earlier when we were talking about Timmy Jernick and exactly. I was going to bring up. Yep. You know, you look at the fact, man. They they brought Keen O'Neill in. 
and you saw oh, when the yeah. Falcons played played the, the Eagles. That dude yeah. is a wig splitter. He, yeah, you know he, what I mean. He then you had Jordan Matthews yeah. on the field. Jordan and then, Matthews actually died on the field. You had Devondre. You had <laughs> yeah. Devondre Campbell, and they also brought in our Brian Poole. These were all guys, physical players Deion Jones. that changed. Deion Jones can't overlook and him. Speed. That's right. the biggest takeaway so, was speed. They had so what, much speed on. What that I'm thing. saying is, you had a, a culture change, and that's what they need here. As far as you mentioned, guys who are more of a dog or, or you know, a, a different type of mindset. Yeah. Richard Sherman brings that. That's only going to enhance Jalen Mills, and mm-hmm. that's just going to continue to help the team. So I'm not saying he instantly makes them the NFC East champions, but he makes them a very, very, very legitimate playoff contender. Yep. And once you get into the into the that's, show, yeah, that's a, a, anything could happen. That's kind of what know? I'm saying. Yeah, I totally, totally 100%. I wouldn't do it. I, I don't want to take on that contract. Right. I want the flexibility moving forward. But, yeah, man, I mean, if you did do it, I, I think it's a really interesting team all of a sudden. Well, if you do, in, in a, in a verge, version of the swap, you're essentially doing, to go back to your point about Tim and his contract and whatever happens after that, you can essentially do the same thing with Richard Sherman. This thing blows up in your face. Sure, you took the risk of swapping first, but you didn't lose it. And you can move on from that if he really does drop off of yep. there. I mean, you would save uh, somewhere around the neighborhood of like $6 million, $7 million in that cap to move on from him next year if it really does fall flat on its face. We want to take your calls on this. Our last segment coming up, it's BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Johnson, Hollis Thomas doing a takeover from the ballpark. As soon as we are wrapped up here, they're going to join you at 3 o'clock. It is BGN Radio. Until then, John Barcher, James Seltzer, and Teron Davenport from EaglesWire.com and James's water bottle sliding across there. Look at that thing. It's so, it's, you can hurt it's, somebody with it that. Is, <laughs> it is like a – It is when it's got water in it too, it's heavy. It is, I would not mess around no, with this not, thing. Not at Tasty all. Tasty Cake in the beautiful Tasty Cake studios, a Tasty Cake water bottle. So we were asking, you know, there's not a lot of – obviously there aren't a ton of Eagles fans. We're not going to placate like we're you know, a bunch of dummies here and be like, oh, yeah, sure, we'll trade a bunch of picks for Richard Sherman. But I think in the same way that a lot of these other trades have been going off and maybe some swaps in here to kind of you're not losing anything. You're having probably one of the best corners in the league that that kind of go in there. It kind of makes you a contender. Sure, it goes against the philosophy of what Howie and Jeff were, were kind of preaching there, but it still allows you to, you know, relieve yourself of having two rookie corners come in and start there. It's an interesting theory. Let's go to Frank in the Poganos. Frank, what's going on, buddy? Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? Good, man. So I wanted to run a little swap idea by you guys, see what you think mm. when uh, possibly acquiring Richard Sherman. Swaps, so swaps, swaps, to... swaps, 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 swaps. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so we talked about swapping the first round picks. What if we did that and instead of giving up a third, we throw in possibly Jason Peters? And you know they need some offensive line help. Hey, now. You got maybe now you're one thinking. or two years left. I yeah. knew that would be mentioned. I knew that would. <laughs> and, and it's something that I looked at. But here's the problem. They signed Luke Jokel to a one-year $7.5 million deal. So they would mm-hmm. have $18 million invested in, in left tackles. And you know darn well Peters is not taking a cut and he's not moving the guard. So then what do you, what do, you do? That's the only drawback. But definitely a good idea. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. I forgot they signed him. But, yeah, because I know, you know he wants to go to a contender. And both Howie and Jeffrey Lee have said it few times during their conferences, they keep alluding to the year 2020. I feel like that's the year that they're trying to make, you know, the big splash and everything. So I just figured, you know, possibly get him out there, get some compensation for it. But no, it's definitely a 
valid point you guys brought up. So it's one that's run that by you. And thanks, guys. No, I appreciate Good the thought, COVID. Though. Yeah, it is, and uh, and for me, even 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 a situation like I wouldn't feel comfortable with that at all. Because again, if you're if you're trading up Carson Wentz's protection and you need him to step up that second year, and you really don't want to move him, I'm not touching him unless it's like ridiculously, and you can't turn that thing down. Let's go to Ike and Burlington. Ike, Ike, what's going on, buddy? Yo, what the deal, y'all? How y'all doing? What's what going on? Not much. Um, listen, what's the ramifications if Vinny Carey was involved in a deal we were to um, throw out there? Well, first of all, somebody would have to be actually interested. No, 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 no. I, 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 I know that. I'm Good just question. saying. I know it's if you cut him, it's like sixteen million. Uh, so definitely yeah, I not don't, doing that. I think they're actually they can win out if they trade him. I'll, I'll look. What, what was your what was your thought on that, Ike? Um, because I was I was just sitting here thinking, if you, if if you're going to do anything for someone like a Richard Sherman, you got to be throwing somebody involved in the deal, whether you know draft pick and include with someone around the same salary. You know what I mean? Like if you were if you were to flip back from 14 to 26 just for a throw-in, and maybe, you know, he catches some fire with the Seahawks, you throw Vinny Curry in there, you know, because he's making $11 million a year. Mm Because we can come up with all the stuff we want to, but if the money's not right, like Teron said earlier, you know, it ain't going to work. Yeah, so you're right. So, like, with Vinny, the only way to make any value is if you trade him. If you trade him before June 1st, it only saves you a million bucks after – um, it's, uh, you mean you only lose a million bucks, you're saying? No, no, they save a million dollars oh, if they, they trade I got you, I got you. Before okay. June 1st, and if they trade them uh, after, it's it's actually a savings of seven million bucks here. Um, got you. I, so, I, yeah, uh-huh. it's, 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 it would be an interesting thought, but again, I don't think that's enough for uh, it, really anybody to go, oh, yeah, <laughs> Vinny Curry will take on that salary, which is kind of hard to do. I, I, I got two more things. Go for it. I myself, I really like Joe Hayden's. I don't, he's definitely not a better corner than Richard Sherman. He's making around the same type of money, but he's, yeah. you know, two and a half years younger than him, too. I'd like to see them, you know, try to get involved for that. And just throwing this out there, would you swap with Seattle, flip back from 14 to 26, and give them Jordan Matthews, a big, a bigger, stronger receiver Absolutely. who they haven't really had? For Richard Sherman? Absolutely. That, that is a done deal right I now. I thought about that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, you know, they have that guy to work the middle of the field and, and Jimmy Graham, but I, I think, you know, putting Matthews in there and you have Paul Richardson on the outside as well as my, my young Tyler Lockett, I think that would be a, a nice mix. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot. Of, I mean, Absolutely. they could use a possession guy. When you look at what they have, you know, Baldwin obviously is kind of that guy for them, but he's, he's you know, a big play guy as well. Yeah. They don't really yeah. have a – they don't really have a big receiver who get, who can kind of go over the middle and make those tough catches. I yeah. forgot about angry Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin, man. <laughs> yeah, you can't forget about him. <laughs> but, can you, mean, you know what? He's it, a, turned into one of the best receivers in the, in the game at this point. I don't think the Eagles should trade J-Matt, though. You know, I, I'm I'm a big advocate you think of, they, of you his You think game they should line. re-sign him? I think they should look to wow. re-sign him. I think, yeah. so I think what, you're crazy. Yeah. Me too, no, because I think, I think he's think just going to You have, you have you a lot. his numbers. He's going to cost so much money. Well, here's the thing. I Let me say this. They need to explore the idea of re-signing him. I don't think I you think should give fair. up right now. That's fair. And and just trade. Don't just away. assume that someone's going to pay him nine million dollars a year. Actually, play it out and see what you can get him for. Yeah. Sid uh, in uh, Southwest Philly, just want to get you in here real quick because we got to go soon. What's on your mind, bud? Hey, no problem at all. I just wanted to touch on something that Teron brought up before the break when they were just talking about. Mm-hmm. I hear a lot of people saying that Richard Sherman wouldn't be a fit here because of culture. And Teron said something about, well, you need to change the culture. You only can change a culture if there is a culture. I don't think. We've had a culture, especially on defense, since Jim Johnson died. 
I feel like there's no team, there's no guy in the draft in, the, in recent years that I just say, this guy's an Eagles guy. That guy's an Eagles guy. I think back to when the, the Steelers identity. drafted. Yeah, he had no identity. I think back to when the Steelers drafted Ryan Shazier. And I was like, that's a great fit for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. He's a Steelers type of guy. He's a Steelers type of player. There's no guy that we've drafted in a long time. That, and not that I say it wasn't a good pick, because I remember I thought that when we drafted Fletcher Cox, it was a good pick because he's a good player. But I didn't say, oh, he fits the culture here. Right. Well, and, it's a, well, and that was a long time point. ago. So, yeah, no, it's a great, uh, it's a great point, Sid. Uh, and that, but that's what they've been trying to figure out since 2012. Give it a 2011. Little flavor, you know, know? We, we have no idea because that's the problem with it. It changes so much. You're trying to find continuity somewhere. We knew what the Eagles teams were when they were doing really well because, well, duh, you know, they were all together. You had the same quarterback. You had the same two starting corners. You had the same two starting safeties. Consistency. Everything. You had the offensive line. You knew everything. You know who was going to start year in and year out. For the last seven years, we have had no idea.